listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to What the Dev. Today, I'm speaking with Puneet Kohli. He's the Vice President of Engineering at Rocket Software about what they're talking about when they discuss predictive AI and what DevOps experts think they can use it for. So here we go. So currently, a lot of our products uh, at Rocket um, deal with in, you know things in infrastructure management or application modernization, or like I said, when you're doing application modernization, uh, when you're trying to uh, you know, refactor your legacy code and uh, build modern interfaces, moving away from the green screens and moving away from, uh, you know, a fat Windows client applications to, or client server applications to cloud-based applications or mobile applications. What you're really worried about is this code, this business logic that has existed for, you know, so many years have been running very smoothly, but now uh, it has become you know, a little dated and you, you need to be able to provide access to those, these applications through mobile devices and the cloud, what do you do? How do you make sure that as you're refactoring uh, or as you're, uh, you know, either rewriting or uh, or replatforming that you're able to have that insurance that these applications are going to work, that business logic will continue to sustain, uh, that, the, that the application will continue to have the same scale that they have on the platform that they were running before. And that's where uh, DevOps and quality uh, processes becomes really critical. You know, you, you, can, you can rewrite the code, but unless and until you know how to build that code correctly, uh, pull in the right uh, amount of information that you need to compile those files, deployment to your endpoints, if you're deploying it to your data center, say in Boston, to another data center that is in Dallas, um, ensuring that those paths and uh, the, those protocols are working, that's where having a, a very rigorous DevOps process comes into play. So some of our, so one of, you know, my, one of my products, the DevOps product, what it does, it does dependency management. It makes sure that all the different dependencies that you add on the different static or dynamic objects that you might have in your infrastructure, it manages and maintains a catalog of that. And then it'll tell you as you go through this change management that, hey, you're off, you know, you're, you, you missed these files or you're, you, you know you have dependencies on this part of the, uh, uh, part of the uh, application that will actually make it hard for you to be able to deploy to those endpoints. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that logic. Um, now, today, our products don't have sort of the, the the actual what I would call the AI or or capabilities to be able to do that predictive analysis. But what did they do uh, do today is they do provide that just in time uh, view as the products are being compiled or being built and are being deployed. And uh, the the path or the vision we have at Rocket is that because we have that data, because we we have that analytics, it will allow us to build that kind of models and then allow the customers or the end users whose pain points are, you know, they're saying, look, we, need, we, have, we want to refactor this application. The application was written 20 years ago. It's running great, but I'm about to refactor it. The person who wrote it, the person who was deploying it, none of them 
are with the company anymore. What do we do? How do we make sure that when we do that refactoring and we deploy to cloud, it's going to work? And that's where the products that we have allow you to be able to, you know, get that sort of assurance. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, when you mentioned uh, the, the IBM I space that you're in, so uh, I guess a lot of what we're talking about is mainframe and, and moving applications into a more modern architecture. Uh, and and helping organizations still get value out of their mainframe investments, uh, even though the world has changed uh, dramatically. That is correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, even looking at it just at a code level, where a lot of this stuff was written in COBOL, is there a lot of rewriting that has to take place uh, of that code to to get it to work in more modern systems? Like, how do you take COBOL code and turn it into a microservice? Uh, you know, things like that. That's a that's a great question. So today there are multiple paths you can take, right? You, you um, predominantly the yes, the easiest path would be for you to just rewrite that code. Uh, there are definitely tools out there. There are tools that 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 we at Rocket uh, enable you to easily migrate or or move that same code uh, over to you know say be it in Java or Python or a more modern language um, being able to that's that's one way to do it the other is we could you know we we are able to read through the artifacts of the application and generate apis and then those apis allow you to write those microservices against that so let's say you had an application that was you know talking to a db2 database or any other legacy database and your data which could be years worth of data that is sitting there now Yes, I can rewrite the application, but what if, you know, now do I have to move that data too? And the answer is no, you don't. You can move the application, you can you can help transform and transition the application while the data still lives there because, um, you know, the tools that we have allow you to create those APIs. And then you can write microservices against those APIs. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will point out, Dave, that even though, Yes, predominantly at Rocket, we are, you know, we are we are mainframe and we are I-series, we are very legacy focused. But a lot of the problems that we solve and a lot of the, the customers that we speak to, you know, they are in a mixed environment, right? They, they have modern systems, they are moving their applications to the cloud, they have Azure, AWS uh, kind of environment, they're they're working on Linux and Windows as well. Mm-hmm. So the DevOps and the testing solutions that we have and what we provide allows them to do, you know, development in that mixed mode environment where part of their development organization could be developing in Linux and, and on x86 platform, but they want to interact with something that it was written on a legacy platform. And we can manage that source together. We can manage the uh, orchestration of the build scripts and the deployment to the endpoints collectively between those two uh, those two environments that they, that's what they require right so yeah i was talking to a ceo of another company who um also supports uh mainframes and uh, he was telling me that most of his new business is not in new mainframes but in helping organizations do just the kinds of things um that you're talking about but let me ask you this because we know that mainframes are like rock solid, you know? Uh, Now, by moving to these more modern systems, 
is that introducing a little more risk in terms of security and perhaps uh, something, someone getting access to something they shouldn't have access to because it now, you know, had lived on a mainframe. Now it's in a cloud somewhere. I mean, is there, is there any kind of a risk involved in, in making these kinds of transformations? There, that there is. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, we should be naive and say that, um, those risks don't exist. Anytime you're going to, you're going to replatform or you're going to move applications out of, uh, uh, you know, one platform to the other, be it mainframe to a non-mainframe environment or on-prem to the cloud, you are introducing uh, a level of risk. And that's where I think the DevOps practices becomes even more essential. How the code was built, how the code was secured, what objects uh, and the catalog of objects that you are building inside that code becomes even more critical because what you don't want is you don't want malicious actors coming in and injecting something in those, uh, you know, in those orchestration or compile scripts, right? Because even if you secured the endpoint, you said, yeah, I've got all the right firewall rules. I got all the, you know, VPNs and I have all the multi-factor authentication to make sure that my end application is secure. The path for your application before it gets deployed to those endpoints could still be vulnerable, right? So the journey between code getting compiled on my laptop, getting reviewed by another developer, getting built in my uh, DevOps orchestration system, and then getting deployed to the endpoint, all those end, uh, all those entry points and exit points are can create vulnerabilities, right? Uh, so it, 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 you know, again, this this is where I think some of the stuff that we do or some of the stuff that DevOps community focuses on is making sure that the you know the, those compile points, those orchestration scripts are predictable. They have the right security on it. You know the the log files are uh, have predictability, and that that's where you know uh, having the data and monitoring of them becomes even more critical. Right. Interesting. You know, I was talking to somebody from IBM at a DevOps conference, I guess it would have been 2017 or something like that. And I foolishly uh, began the conversation by saying, you know, a lot of people view mainframes as legacy systems and and the person just lost their mind. No, no, no. You know, these are modern systems and, they, you know, you can't you can't get better performance and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. But I, I think what people think of in terms of this being legacy is is not the mainframe itself it's more the interface and the green screen and and the coding language uh is the part of it i think that that people see as it being legacy but you guys i know offer tools uh that also help with that right in terms of uh you know creating new uis that that look more modern than trying to type into a green screen and, and things of that nature so explain to me how a little bit you guys approach that transformation uh from from taking those things off of those systems and bringing them into more modern environments yeah i know absolutely that is that is one of the key uh, uh key strengths of rocket uh where we are able to come in and uh with very little effort are able to take applications that have been there for the last, you know, however many years, and uh, allow allow the application owners to take that application to a more modern. So what, uh, you know, there are multiple things we do. We can do simple things as, 
you know, literally read the, those legacy screens, uh, the green screens, as you know, everybody likes to call them, and then generate the modern uh, web components against them, be it, uh, be it those web components written, you know, uh, objects in React or, or, um, or, or JavaScript or any of the other modern languages. We are able to, uh, you know, consume the business logic and build APIs that can then be used to generate, like I said earlier, microservices that you can then plug into other modern tools. You don't, you don't have to even rewrite the application. You, because we are able to generate those APIs, you can plug them into modern ERP systems uh, like SAPs and others uh, and be able to consume the data that might uh, be getting access from those applications. So, and then we can, and then we do very, you know, straightforward screen scraping where we can screen scrape an entire application and build exactly the same you know, sort of, you know, path. If they don't, if the concern from the end user is that, look, our, our uh, users are so used to using these fields and where they are, we can literally replicate what was there on green screen on a web page and uh, have it deployed inside a web container. Right. And all of this, uh, as I understand it, kind of alleviates the fear that folks had of, you know, when when these uh, senior citizen COBOL developers no longer are around, uh, there's not going to be anybody here to maintain the code base and whatever else. So is there really a sense of urgency for people, you know, using mainframes to kind of get this transformation done while they can or won't that matter anymore? It, there is a sense of urgency because, like you just pointed out, right? The, the, there is that generation that is getting old, retiring, and moving on to doing other better things. And so you're uh, saying my generation, basically? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the and the the idea is also what this allows to do is that as our uh, you know our millennials and Gen Zs, they are coming out of the school and looking for opportunities out there. Many of them just look at, hey, I don't want to work on mainframe. That's not what I want to work on. I want to work on cloud. I want to work on AI. Uh, but as we have seen, we, we hire a lot of interns. We have a lot of college kids come work with us. And when they see that really what they're working on, they're writing Python code. They're re writing really uh, you know, React and Java. And uh, they see the power of applications that they are modernizing. And those applications are a lot more stable than some of the applications they might be developing uh, in, in the you know, modern interfaces today, just because the business logic was a lot more prudent uh, than, than it's now in some cases. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. So uh, Puneet Kohli, Vice President of Engineering at Rocket Software, thanks so much for your time in this conversation today. Thank you so much to our listeners. Thanks for spending a little time with us today. Uh, again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. Mm -hmm.